Have you ever been caught not paying attention? Oh, it was absolutely the worst. Like, were you in a classroom setting or something? I was in a classroom, and I was actually paying attention, but I was just kind of staring, just kind of like, you know, looking like... So it didn't look like you were paying attention? Like, I was was too cool for school is, I guess, what I look like. And the professor in front... This is college. The professor in front of everybody, he says, "Uh, hey, you getting all this? Uh, Yeah, he goes, yeah, you might want to write it down. Oh, Oh, man. man. You know, in that moment, I wish you'd wished... The professor could have read your thoughts because your thoughts would have told him, I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. But what if, what if the professor is Jesus and he can read your thoughts and he knows on this particular day, maybe you weren't focused? How would Jesus have handled you daydreaming while he was speaking? We get into this on this week's episode of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. It's Rochelle and Carter with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Thank you again so much for giving us a shot. <laughs> yes. Thank you. What have you done to yourself? <laughs> After this, people will be giving us a shot in the arm. How dare you? Can I can I make a little uh, 90s reference? You've got mail. We have an email. We got an email. We got our first email exclusively for the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. That's not true. We've had others. That was really? spam. That was spam. Oh, oh okay. that was. That, but I did get a great deal at LL Bean. Sometimes still have trouble figuring out which one is which. Sam sent this, and he said, uh, "Hey, let me start off by saying, can't get enough of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Thank you so much, Sam." Wow. Uh, he says that you have re-inspired my vigor for getting to know the Lord wow. on a level that I can grasp. And I've heard you refer to readings during the podcast, so I'm curious where I might find a valid chronological reading plan for the Bible. I'd appreciate the input. He also yeah. goes on to say that gotquestions.org has been a great website for him to ask biblical questions. Mm-hmm. But you are the one with the chronological plan, Michelle. It Rochelle. was gifted to me okay. at Christmas time, which is so amazing. My friend uh, and neighbor, she gives me this Bible. She goes to a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And I thought at first it was kind of funny. I was like, she thinks I need to get in the word more clearly because she keeps giving me Bible That's stuff. That's right. <laughs> And I, I love, listen, I, I grew up in a house where my dad had every rendition translation version of the Bible you can possibly imagine. Uh, even I think in languages he doesn't know how to read. Just, he just has them. He loves this yep. stuff. He loves right, uh, theology and reading about the Bible. So um, I believe this is from First Baptist Church here in the Houston area, or maybe it's just a, a thing that they do in the Baptist Church. And it is the King James Version, and I'm going to be honest with you. I go through, I take the readings for the day, and then I use my contemporary English version that I really love. But I do, okay. sometimes I like comparing the translations. So you you go by the plan with them, but yes. you read the the specific words with your own translation. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Okay. Because uh, as a child growing up in, in the house that I did, I was familiar with a lot of different versions, and I, I'm enjoying the CEV right now. CEV, okay. And it's from the Learning Bible. It gives you, like, con- con- context and stuff like that. I love all the jokes that the people have with the different translations, like yeah. the nearly inspired version, the NIV, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. People get really into that. Um, so I am going through the words of Jesus, or as we also like to say on KSBJ. So that's yeah. one of my favorite things, and it's only in some Bibles, and it'll it'll say that on, on the cover. Mm-hmm. The, the words in red, Jesus. And it's that's the whole yeah. book? So, no, what? Are you saying there's a there's a book dedicated to only the red? No, like the Bibles will let you know because oh, not every oh. Bible has the red letters. That's true. That's true. And so that'll say, you know, yes, this particular version has what he says in red just so that it stands out 
apart because I don't know if you have the same problem. I'll be honest. I wake up at 3.15, sometimes mm-hmm. earlier in the morning. And when I'm sitting there at the, the table, I may have to read over the, the same verse over and over and over again because I'm just, yeah. coffee yeah. hasn't kicked in. So if it stands out in red, I'm going to catch it. That's, <laughs> I'm going to make sure to pay attention to that. <laughs> I, before I start, I want to say, you, I admirably, you do your quiet time in the morning. If I don't, you know what I'm like. It's awful. I've woken it's, up I'm late. I'm scared. Uh, release the Kraken! <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's happened. He's joking, but he's not. But <laughs> it's not interesting. <laughs> no, I, I had it beat into my head at uh, my church growing up. Of, sounds like such a, I want to go to Carter's church. Yeah, so come on down. Uh, you wrestle the snakes first, and then you, <laughs> no. Um, and so it was just, you know, why would you, it's like going into, every day is a battle. Why would you go into a battle without uh, putting on your armor? Yeah. And so, and I, I think it's admirable, and I think it's, it's, that's the best possible scenario. Yes. But I've just realized, especially working with students, if morning time's not your time, and you're going to get nothing out of it, Mm -hmm. then do it at a time where you're going to get something out of it. Yes. Or if it's one of those days where you wake up and you missed your time, or whatever. Then, then do it at lunch or whatever. I had a friend who once beautifully shared with me. That yes, the Bible tells us to put on the full armor of God, Mm -hmm. and it's in Ephesians. So you can, you, what, right. what are you pointing at? I, I think at I know me? where you're going with this. But she says there is nowhere in scripture where it says to take it off. That's true. Yep. So if you, if you woke up late this morning, you got to trust that that armor was put in place yesterday. You it's, slept in it. You slept in it. Got comfortable in it. it. Smells a little like sleep. Now that doesn't mean that you should be wearing that armor for a week. <laughs> Sleeping in it because we all know what happens when you don't be taking your Jesus baths. That sounded. This is I, I don't hope know that, makes that, sense. that analogy did not make sense. <laughs> that guy. That's I ha- seriously. I have to just kind of be refreshed by his word. Yeah, if that makes more no, sense. No, that does. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds scary. We're talking about the anything but quiet time podcast. Jesus baths. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go on to the words from Jesus so we can't screw it up. Um, I've just, you know, because uh, he kind of just realized uh, ramble is not the right word. He just moves along. What about this? Here's that. Don't forget about this. And he just kind of goes you know back and forth. Can I just say one of the reasons why I think he does that? Mm-hmm. He can see our thoughts. He knows our spirit. He knew what that guy over there on that rock who was moving around because he was getting antsy was thinking. <laughs> yeah. So he threw that in just to catch to see if he was paying attention still. Do you think Jesus was the guy? Because some speakers, you're, you'd be good to be on your phone or anything. And then some speakers will call you out. Hey, uh, front row, you, you getting this? You getting this right up here? But see, he would do it in a way that would not necessarily embarrass you in front of others. He would probably do it in a way where it spoke directly to Only your heart. Only you knew, yeah. And he's like, oh my goodness. In fact, there's an example of that with um, Nathan. Uh-huh. I really think this is what happened. So Nathan says, can anything good come out of Galilee when the disciples of Jesus, they're brand new to who Jesus is. They're like, you got to come meet this guy. We, he came over. He tells us to follow him. We really think he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. guy, Nathan's like, what What guy? Oh, the guy from, Ga- he's from uh, uh, Nazareth. That's mm-hmm. what he said, not Galilee, excuse me. And he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And they, you got to meet him. And Jesus comes over and he meets him and he said, hi. Nathan's like, all right, hey. Jesus said, I've seen you under the tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. And at first you read that line and you're like, what does that mean? The next line from Nathan is, you are the Messiah. <laughs> because there must have been a quiet time that that guy had with God under a tree somewhere that yeah. only Jesus would have known about. And he didn't have to go. He didn't go into detail. 
We don't know what happened with the tree. We don't know. But it was clear to Nathan in that moment that only God's son would have a clue as to what that meant. That's so perfect because I haven't told Rochelle what I'm talking about exactly, but it's about pretty much they kind of come both down to alone time with Jesus. And every Saturday morning, if I can, I get up, I go to the school by my house. It's a little middle school where they have their own football field. and There's nobody down there. And it just seems like I'm the only person on earth. And I just get to talk to God. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love it. I'm not necessarily consistent. It's not every Saturday, but I try to as much as I can. And so two things from Jesus in Matthew. Uh, in Matthew 6, he says, examine your motives to make sure you're not showing off when you do your good deeds mm. only to be admired by others. Otherwise, you'll lose the reward of your heavenly father. So when you give to the poor, don't announce it. Don't make it this big deal. Hey, don't post it on social media. Mm. We don't want to say, hey, check out what I'm doing. And that's that's not that's not what he's saying. And then he also goes on about prayer. Whenever you pray, be sincere, not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying uh, before others in meetings. And then he goes on to say that uh, when you pray, go into your innermost chamber, be alone with the Father God, praying to him secret. And he goes on again. He says, there's no need to repeat empty phrases, praying like those who don't know God, for they expect to hear God because of their many words. There's no need to imitate him. So he's saying a lot here, but basically... Mm -hmm. Everything that you do for the kingdom, make sure that it's for me. And also the pressure's off. You feel like you can't pray good in front of people and you got to copy some of that you've seen. It's just an actual conversation with God in our own time with God. And anything that we do to serve others, keep that just to God because we, I guess it really comes down to do we believe it or don't we? And if we do then we should only be focused on what he's seeing and what he knows and what, what we want him to know, not what other people think of how we pray, not what other people think of how much we do for the community. No, do it for God. Mm. And I, I, I was just really inspired by that. And that, you know, in the next chapter, he talks about anybody, any persistent person who seeks will find a door will eventually be open. And I don't know, just that what he's saying is, is for me as a people pleaser is to just, Drop it. Just drop the act of having to be a good enough Christian in front of other people because people really freak you out, too. I don't see enough fruit in your life. I don't see you doing enough. Or even if they're talking about somebody else, I don't see him doing enough. And then you start to think, well, I, I don't do those things either. And this comparison game is killing us. Yeah. God wants to see us without our makeup on. Yes. So, you know, that that person in your life that has seen you at your worst in, this is just surface level. That person in my life would obviously be f- close family members have seen me there, right? Oh. And those are people that I trust most. I can let my hair down around them and I can just be me. Well, clearly, that's just surface level. What about the insides? And Jesus is like, I already know you. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows from Jeremy Camp. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's such a testament. I mean, just drop the ego. He knows. And and that's a that speaks to me hugely. Well, good. Good. I mean, hey, the words of Jesus and I love that translation. That's the passion translation that, that mm-hmm. is that in. And I, I think we we have this conversation too that that goes into not putting other people on pedestals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of different celebrities over the last few years, different sports teams, cheating scandals and, you know, everything mm-hmm. where I thought they were a good person or I, I thought they were a, a true Jesus follower. Sure. 
They, they might be, but then you see something, the, the, the base level, if you will, of where we're all messed up in some way. Can we talk about John Christ for a second? The guy who has so many videos that have gone viral. Most of us have laughed at them or we've shown them to our parents and I've had to explain them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why it's funny. The dry sense of humor. But uh, obviously he's been in the news lately. And something I remember as a child when a scandal would happen in our Christian entertainment world. Mm-hmm. So we're talking uh, musical artists as well as entertainers of any fashion. In his case, he's a comedian. When they would fall off the quote wagon about something, it's like we put this giant, we can't touch them with a 10 foot pole because of PR or we don't want to be associated or if, if somehow I'm praying for this person, I'm doing it openly then that means I'm endorsing what they've done wrong. Or I, I don't know, it, it really affected me. I would see artists like a Sandy Patty or Amy Grant at one point, she had a divorce from her husband. You know, mm. these people who did something that was not okay by the Christian standards. And so their music gets pulled from the Christian music store shelves and or they're not played on the radio anymore. It hurt my heart because these folks had an impact in my life and even if you didn't put them on a pedestal, where do you, where should we put them? Certainly not on the ground. No. We need to be praying for this brother of ours who clearly needs prayer and to not be ashamed to say, this guy needs prayer. That does not take away from the fact that we don't feel in some way uh, wanting to help justify what's taken place in, in regards to um, these women that have come forward and say, we feel that we have been done a disservice. No, I, I don't want to take that away from them either. But there is balance here. And it's it's interesting that, you know, we'll just take a, a divorce, for example, that we think that if we support somebody, support, support the person, mm-hmm. That we're endorsing at the same time. There's no. some sort of weird. We none of us can get past it because I, I know I I fight that line too. Of okay, if somebody in my life messes up, and I want to be there for them, but I don't want to be a person. I don't want to be an enabler yeah. either. And and I would never you know recommend somebody to just divorce somebody for fun. Um, but but can't I still hang out with them? Can't I still break bread with them? You know, there's a a fine line somewhere of of making sure and we haven't figured it out Mm -hmm. that we love people through something but not um not enable is really i think the only way that i've I've figured out how to say it we start asking lots of questions that maybe shouldn't be ours to ask that's true too so if this person has done something that is wrong and we know it to be wrong because the bible tells us so uh then we start to say well why should i pray for them how do i know that they really changed their their ways Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. that's not of our that's not our business. You know, our business is um, taking care of our our little, our own little house, you know, making sure it's clean before the Lord yeah. and praying for those who we, who we are in concern for and um, asking that they truly have a come to Jesus moment. But that's really between them and the Lord. And I have a friend that will give money to the homeless. Uh, now, we've done a thing here with KSBJ if we really encourage you to give tangible items. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, he will give money to the homeless. And I said, well, how do you feel about they might spend it on stuff they shouldn't be spending on? He goes, that's between them and God. That's good. And yeah. and and it's just kind of the same thing, right? Can't we just love people and whatever needs to be between them and God, we don't get in the middle of. If you feel led by the Holy Spirit to do something that others are saying, 
Uh, traditionally, we would not recommend you give money to a, a homeless person. We would invite you, maybe give them a meal or a ride to a shelter or whatever it is that they're saying. Mm -hmm. If the Holy Spirit is in charge of your life and you feel strong that you need to obey. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, Paul did that a lot. And you, you talked about where you are in the word and right now in the book of Acts and going into Galatians, the first part of Paul's ministry. We all know the story of Saul becomes Paul. And if you don't, oh my word, I did not mean to sound condescending, but I also don't want to sound redundant. So perhaps this is a story you're familiar with. The guy has a heart change. He was a bad dude. And then he meets Jesus and everything changes. He was so learned. I mean, knew the word in and out. He was the guy. If you needed to, hey, can you give me a Bible reference on this? He could have pointed you right away. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> he's a know-it-all. And Jesus brings him uh, this complete come about in his life where he recognizes, wait a second. It's not about knowing the law. It's knowing that I can never keep up with the law enough, but that Jesus, the freedom that I can have through him I think the law, in fact, Paul even says this in the word, it helped point out that we can never be good enough because there's no way that you can keep all of the things that the law established and asked you to do. It's almost as if Paul was, uh, it, you know, took the bar exam and was the expert prosecutor, yeah. sent everybody to jail, and then his life changes, his heart changes, and all of a sudden he is the defense attorney yeah. of making sure that people understand, man, we're, we're going to all break a law eventually. <laughs> This goes along with the whole ego thing mm -hmm. because nobody knew the law better. And then Jesus knocked him off his high horse and he realized, wait a second, that was our ticket to understanding. We can never measure up. Yeah. And it's only by grace that we can come to know who God the Father is and to know him through the Son, Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. And so then he has this inc incredible journey of wanting to bring not just the Jewish people, but any other person who was willing to listen and accept Jesus by faith into the fold. And he starts telling the other disciples what for. And I'm sure that was a little bit, well, it would have been a little bit of a drain on their ego too, because here they are, some of these disciples, they were the ones who ate with Jesus, did ministry with Jesus. They should know. Yeah. And in Galatians, at the very beginning of the book, Paul calls out Peter. Dude, you are, you are being intimidated by other Jewish people and whenever they, they come around and you're eating and dining with Gentiles, all of a sudden, Gentiles is the word for people who are not Jewish, you pretend like, um, I'm going to go over here. And you, you can't have it both ways. That would have been embarrassing if I was Peter. A little bit. But you know what's really awesome about the character of Peter? I think he received what Paul said. Because hmm. he has experiences that lead him to know, okay, okay, Jesus is for all nations. Yeah. And we read about that throughout the Old Testament. Um, I'm grateful because you and I wouldn't be sitting here if that wasn't the case. And I, I constantly am reading what Paul shares. He would have been on the side of, of the Jewish people before his Jesus experience. Mm -hmm. He would have been all about, no, you have to have, you know, the big debate was circumcision. Should the Gentiles be circumcised in order to, no, you don't understand this is a by faith situation. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit was coming down in droves on all people, whether or not they were meeting up Jewish law or not. And he said, it's not about the law. It's about Jesus, period. So it's really speaking to me because I was one of those kids growing up as a preacher's kid. I know a lot of Bible stuff because my dad had that in programs and stuff. It was so great growing up in that household. And 
even though I know a lot of stuff, it doesn't mean I practice it. Mm. It doesn't mean yeah. I put it into motion. And sometimes the Lord will teach me through somebody else, an unlikely source, if you will. And I am humbled right away. Whoa, you don't know as much as you think you do, Rochelle. I know squat compared to the things God wants to continue to show. Mm. And I always want to stay in that state of ever, Lord, humble me if need be. And those are scary words to pray because he will. I know being an expert and and also, um, you know, making sure that we're good enough, those are things that, you know, come to mind when we talk about the law. Uh-huh. And, you know, and then Paul's saying, no, this is by faith and we'll never be there. But mm-hmm. I think in today's day and age, often it um, and and don't get me wrong, I highly promote church and being a part of a community and everything. But I know a lot of the time, at least what I've run into why weren't you at church Sunday? Why don't you come to Sunday night church too? Yeah. Why do you? No. I mean, Paul is saying, don't take church attendance, basically. <laughs> I mean, he's saying, yeah. don't, don't get hung up on that. We get, we come up with new law. Yeah. This, this culture where we feel like if we, we have to, not only do we have to go to church, we have to go to Sunday school every week and we have to be in all involved in all the activities and our kids are in the church program too, the Christmas program too. Like, like, listen, there are different seasons and there are different things. And I, again, I highly recommend being in a church and growing. I just think that we can really get hung up on, even in the comparison thing, of what are they going to think if I'm not at church on Sunday and I wasn't out of town? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, I do. Jesus said the law is meant to serve you, not the other way around. Mm. And then Jesus showed us that it is only through his spirit, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. So if I can't do enough things to get in good with God, I certainly can't do enough good things to get in good with man because I'm always going to somehow show up lacking in their life somehow. I'm going to fail them somehow, Mm. whether I'm even aware of it or not. Did you see what Rochelle did? What, what what did I do? I I I don't know. My eyes didn't look as nice one day as the next because I glared or I I don't know. People, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. she gave me a look. No, there was something in my eye. I wasn't giving you a look, but you are somehow going to fail those around you. And so, if it's not something that I can do anyway, why do we put such pressure on ourselves when there is freedom in Jesus Christ to say, okay, I certainly do not want to be a stumbling block to others, but I also know that at the end of the day. I need to live in freedom through Jesus. And that's what he offers. And I think it just hurts because there are such people that um, mean well and and everything. And we respect so much. And so we want to, and this is just me. I just go to, yeah, people pleasing. I want want to try to keep everybody happy and everybody impressed too. And that's just on me. That's not even on them. Um, But ultimately just, even like we're talking about earlier, getting alone with God, What's important here? Mm-hmm. You know, if we truly believe in eternity, what's important? And that should be doing everything that God calls us to do. And that's just being in a relationship with him, listening to him, obeying him. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with anybody else. Now, people are in that journey, right? We want to serve others. We want to love others. Sure. But in terms of impress- impressing them, like you said, we're not going to impress God. We're not going to impress people. <laughs> Why are we trying? <laughs> yes. Oh. And in those places, if we find sincere starts like people one of the reasons maybe why they're like why why weren't you in church they gleaned so much from being in church every sunday every wednesday or whatever they know what it meant to them so they want that for you Mm -hmm. that's where it started for them so maybe that's not what i do to others maybe i don't question them about you know 20 questions where were you on Mm -hmm. sunday but maybe in some other way i do that with people because i oh this was so meaningful you should try it i have to be careful not to play holy spirit in other people's lives yeah yeah, no, that's so. a good point. And inviting other people to 
the table in in, a, in an invitation. Um, and, and you know you want to make you sure doing? you want to make sure that that table are you playing the thing is set. Oh my goodness, harder. We redid the song. No, come you to the did table. the song. You know, come to the table by sidewalk prophets. <laughs> and just a little bit of. It all started on the outside, outside playing around. The kids at the playground. It's my children's favorite song. Mm. But the family's hungry and they're thirsty. In fact, oh it's 625 goodness. and almost dinner time. They come set the table. Oh, here we go. Gotta come set the table. With houseful Are we listening to the whole thing? So the chorus. Okay. My goodness. I opened the door and I yelled, hey kids, come. Set the table. Okay, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Come get the plates and put the forks where they should be. Uh, <laughs> it's just artistry at its finest. Yeah, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder. Well, or the ear. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us and putting up with us. Oh, we love you. We really do. And uh, it's nearly time for Thanksgiving. Maybe you're listening to this at Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> A cooked goose for everyone. <laughs>